All right, welcome to another No Gear Required podcast. And um, one of the reasons I I end up doing podcast was because I love to hear stories from people, and especially real people. I have here with me Jay Zabalos, as always, Max Zabalos, and I have two incredible guests that uh, we exchanged some message, text message through my cousin Hansel Gracie. We end up actually meeting each other in person then uh man i would love to hear more from them and everyone else would also i would like both of them to introduce themselves joey please yeah uh thank you very much for having us on here this is an incredible honor for both of us um it, it, my name is joey bozik born and raised in north carolina joined the military 2000 served from 2000 2006 um, afghanistan iraq uh, lots of deployments, lots of combat, and was uh, severely injured in 2004. Uh, got out in uh, 2006, middle of 2006, and kind of bounced around and ended up in Texas where I started training jiu-jitsu. We can get into that story too, but I started training jiu-jitsu, uh, and it, it changed my life uh, so much. And um, was coming here for an opportunity to be able to shoot a documentary, hopefully about my life in jiu-jitsu. Um, in the process of writing a book right now, and... Um, so we're just kind of trying to um, get some footage, and, and and I knew I had a connection. I could possibly get a chance to see you, and man, you're at the top of my list is, is one of the all-time greats that I wanted to, to, even if none of it ever got into a movie, if even none of it ever got, if it's just you and me in a dark room alone, I would have I would have signed on to do that absolutely 100%, just to get a chance to spend time with you, and uh, uh, you're a great man, you're a great ambassador for the sport, and, and I love the opportunity to come and train with you last night. Uh, had a blast and then you so graciously offered to have us on the podcast and so we're here man it's it's incredible and here we have his i don't know right arm left arm yeah, right I'm leg just, front leg on his right, his right <laughs> hand and, and both legs man and yeah. joe that's please man introduce yourself and yeah i'm, I'm joe mcdowell I'm, i've known joey for quite a few years now but i uh i spent most of my years in texas uh spent a short time in the army then i went contracting spent two and a half years in iraq uh, Joey and I were in all the same places and probably crossed paths quite a few times. We never the actually, same dirt. Yeah, we never actually <laughs> met each other. And, uh, I was actually injured myself uh, pretty severely in my back in uh, 2004. Uh, I ended up leaving Iraq. I stayed as long as I could, just knowing that my career would be over. So I stayed as long as I could. for. Uh, and I left in 2006 and uh, had a lot of struggles, man. I, I went through a lot of things. And... Uh, you know, a few years later, ended up meeting Joey. Uh, I never thought that I would be able to try jiu-jitsu or, or, or do anything like that just because my back is so bad and I struggle with, with, you know, I have the severe ups and downs, right? And he's an inspiration. My wife told me, my wife, I met my wife in Iraq. She was an Australian Army. And uh, I was very much blessed with her because I don't think anybody else could have put up with me. <laughs> but I, when I met Joey, he's an inspiration, man. It got me into jiu-jitsu and... Uh, when I started up with Alan Shabaro up there, it, it, I tell you what, it, it changed my life. It, it helped, helped my mind get where it needed to be. So, yeah, so that's who I am, and that's, that's why I'm, uh, I'm with my man Joey here. And I love more to hear from those two guys, man. They, they're like, uh, let's see, Joey, let's start with you. Uh, how was you when you were, as a kid? I know you, I want to go back there in the early days. Yeah. I want people to see every side of you. Because, sure. man, 
What I see next to me now is a giant. <laughs> yes, sir. How much time, do, you have? How much time do we have here? Like, All the time you need. <laughs> it turns into a psychology thing. I talk about my mom. And, no. Um, I, I grew up in North Carolina. I grew up on the coast, beach town. So, you know, Man. you got to love it's, it. It's like Rio de Janeiro there. It is. It's <laughs> much, much smaller. No, not, not much jujitsu. <laughs> but it was, it was fantastic growing up there. I have two older brothers. I'm the youngest of three. My dad died when I was two and a half years old. Uh, so my mom, God bless her soul, she raised three boys on her own, never remarried, anything like that. And, uh, you know, I, there's, a, there's a big gap between me and my older brothers. I'm sure, as you know, having a huge family, there's, a, there's some that you get along with because you're closer. And there's some that you're just like, hey, man, you're crazy. You're crazy. You need to be over here, out there. Um, so I can't, uh, I can't say which one is crazy. We won't no, say I'll any names. My family. We won't say any names. They're very good in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so I grew up in, in a great beach town and, and, uh, my, my older brothers, like when they were in middle school, I was in elementary school, you know, when they were in college. I was in middle school. The, the gap was just too big. So I was one of those kids. I was an outdoor kid. I love being outside all the time. Uh, it's huge into sports, just very much. My, my older brothers are more into art, music and, and painting and drawing and that kind of stuff. And I, I just never had it for that. And I didn't get that gene, but sports I loved. I just loved playing sports, basketball, football, surfing, whatever I could get into. I just, I would immerse myself into it and I loved doing it. And I found, I remember as a young kid, I watched, I, I was, I mean, I was like six or seven years old and um, there was this American Ninja you guys remember I the remember movie? Yeah, American yeah. Ninja movie? <laughs> no, yeah. uh, I Mike, saw Mike, it. Mike Dudikoff? Yes. yes. He's I a friend saw of mine. Of He's course, a friend of, of mine, man. Of course he is. You know everybody. <laughs> I know him. You know everybody. So so I saw, I was six or seven years old, man. I saw that movie. And, and, and it, of course, at that time, I, I wanted to be a ninja. You know, that was what I wanted to do. So oh, I felt, all of us, man. Yeah, We're not yeah. alone on that you one, You can't man. talk to anybody that hasn't <laughs> trained before that didn't say they wanted to be a ninja. And, uh, and I loved it, man. I fell in love with it. I fell in love with Eastern philosophy and martial arts and the approach and I just started consuming books and movies as much as I could at that time. Chuck Norris and all these guys that were. Hey, he's my friend too. I know. <laughs> I know. Name drop, <laughs> like crazy in here. Uh, so anyway, and, and I, for me growing up, that just I, I liked the the um, the philosophy aspect of it, the, the meditation, the calmness, the the self defense. Every aspect of it just really attracted me. So I started studying martial arts from the time I was eight or nine years old. I started in Taekwondo, I trained that for a few years. I left there, trained Okinawan Kimpo Karate for seven or eight years, got my first degree black belt training there. Uh, left there, trained Jeet Kune Do for a few years with a guy that came down from, uh, I think it's Paul Veronk, or I can't pronounce him, Paul Vonk. One of the guys who got to study with Bruce Lee. Um, and so, I never met Bruce Lee, but I know, I know Danny Nosanto. <laughs> Danny Sato, oh, yes. Danny Sato is amazing, man, great guy. So, um, it just, it's always been a part of my life from, from, from that first time I grabbed a hold of me, the first time I actually really saw it in real life. And it just, it, it grabbed a hold of me. And I knew that it was always going to be a part of my life. Uh, so 20, 18 years old, graduate or high school, move on to college and I'm, I'm working full time. You know, uh, my mom was a very strong proponent of us being independent and going out on our own. Um, so 18 years old, I was going to college, working 40, 50 hours a week, put myself through school. And I did that for a few years. And, and I saw that I could make more money working than I could paying someone for a degree that I didn't know what was going to be. 
So I was in and out of college and working. And then after a few years, um, I decided that I wanted to go into federal law enforcement. Like as I finally had that epiphany. It was like four o'clock in the morning, you know, pitch black. You just got off work. You're sitting on your couch eating a bowl of ramen noodles and the the Floby hair commercial infomercials <laughs> on, you know. Or, and I was sitting there. I was like, what the hell am I doing with my life? Like I need to pick a direction. I need to. I need to start moving forward towards something. Um, and so after some soul searching, I realized that I, I, inside of me was a desire to want to help people, to, to, to take care of people. And so law enforcement seemed to be a natural fit. I did some research. I wanted to go into federal law enforcement. And a lot of those jobs, you have to have a four-year degree. So shit, now I'm back to where I started from. I got to go back to school and finish school. Um, but then at the very bottom, and this, this, this is before 9, this is before 2001, 9-11, 2001. In very small print, the bottom says, if you have military experience, you get bumped to the top of the list. So if you have military service time, and I was like, okay, well, they're gonna pay for me to go to college. I get the military experience and I get on the job training. So I went and signed up into the military, uh, signed up with the army. I wanted to be a military police officer because I figured that would be a good route to transition for law enforcement. Um, so I joined, went to basic training in AIT, which uh, AIT is advanced individual training. Um, so that basically is whatever your job is going to be in whichever military service you go into, they train you for that job. So I did basic training, which is where they take everybody, they strip you down, they turn you into a soldier or a Marine or a corpsman, Navy, whatever it's going to be. And then you go through your job training. And then I left there and I went to Fort Bragg, or excuse me, I left there and I went to Airborne School. So so when I was, when I, so when you go in and talk to the recruiters, you know, no, recruiters are notorious for this stuff, right? So I go in and talk to the recruiter. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. scored really high on my ASVAB. So he's like, whatever job you want to do, whatever you want to do. And I was like, well, I want to be an MP. He's like, okay, cool. So where do you want to go? And I was like, well, I'd like to go to Fort Bragg because it's real close to my home. And he goes, oh yeah, okay, cool, great. Said, We're going to have to send you to Airborne School. And I was like, well, what's airborne school? And he goes, oh, don't worry about it. They're going to pay you an extra $125 a month. You know, it's great, man. Don't, you're going to have a blast. Don't worry about it. I was like, okay, cool. So I signed the dotted line, went off. So airborne school is where they teach you how to jump out of freaking airplanes. <laughs> but you don't get to do the cool, like, you know, 10 mile up skydive. No, no, no. They drop you out like a thousand feet, you know, and they, they actually cut holes in the parachutes to make you go from the plane to the ground faster. <laughs> Because it was World War II, they were the guys were jumping out of the place. They were getting shot down. So like we have to make it as as fast a descent as possible, but as safe as possible. So they actually cut holes in the parachutes. Man, I'll never forget my first canopy opened up, and I was like, I'm dead, I'm dead, because there's holes all in it. You know, and you hit the ground like a sack of potatoes. But anyway, so I went to Airborne School, graduated, uh, got to Fort Bragg, and literally a month after I got to Fort Bragg was when the planes went in. Uh, and I just remember that sense of, oh my gosh, like what, like what's going on? And, and the fear that it struck and then we didn't know, and I was new into the military, we didn't know what was going on and what to expect. And at that time, um, we just reacted to what was going on. We had to shut down the post um, because at that time, Fort Bragg was an open post. You could, if you were a civilian, you could drive through post. Yes. So we had to completely close everything down, which fell on us as military police officers. Uh, so we shut the entire post down, and then about a month after that, I mean, not even less than a month, maybe two weeks after that, um, they told me that we were loading up when we were going to D.C. Uh, so we all got loaded up. On, I don't know, I'm, I'm jumping around all over the place, but went to D.C. where the plane went into the Pentagon, worked security there, came back, rotated, went into, trained up, went to Afghanistan, did missions there, came home, and then Iraq, and then got injured in 2004 and got out. How how is that for you? Like, because 
in a way, I feel similar to you, but at the same time different. Mm. Because I born without four fingers. Yes. I mean, right from the bat, I have to adjust myself. For me, it's, I never adjust to anything. It is what it is. Right. And in your case, you went to war and then you come back and two legs and one arm. How is that? Because I'll be honest, I'm so impressed talking to you and seeing you, that spirit that you have, the spirit that you conquer and realize, man, I have a lot more to live. How is that for you? Because I'm sure a lot of people out there been through similar things as you, a lot less, and they're not able to deal as well as you. When was that click on you that you realized, you know what? I'm young still, I have a, you have a daughter, right? I have two, yeah, two, two kids. Two kids, man, I wanna, I wanna see my grandkids, yeah. you know what I mean? When that happened for you, when did you feel that click that said, man, I wanna live, I wanna have a life back yeah. the way you wanna live? Yeah, I, I, there was a fear when I first woke up in the hospital uh, because I don't remember the incident. Um, I remember being in country and then the next thing I know was a series of, of extremely bad nightmares that I had. And then when I woke up, like I was asleep, you know, but then I woke up and I was in the hospital and I was under a lot of pain medication because they were still doing surgeries on me every other day. Um, but they finally get through, got me through Germany and back to the States and I was back home and I woke up in the hospital and, uh, I mean, the first thing that went through my mind was, okay, does, does my family know? Does everyone is, you know, I've, I'm in the hospital, so I know I'm in a place of, I'm in the best place I could be no matter what happened. But what I wanted to make sure was that my family know what was going on. And they were like, yeah, your family knows they're here. And I was like, okay. So I kind of drifted back in and out. It took about a week before the haze started to clear, you know, from all the medication that I was on. And I, and I remember the fear of, well, what am I gonna do now? Like, what is my life? I had no idea, none. I had no idea what my life from that point on was gonna entail. And I am a naturally, I was raised single mother, you know, raising three boys. She was a tough, tough woman, tough woman, as I'm sure you can relate. All of us can probably yeah, relate. Sure. We're yeah. here because yeah. we probably yeah. had yeah. hard ass moms. That's more afraid of my mom than my dad. Uh, yes, exactly, <laughs> right? Oh, but she was judge, jury, and executioner. And it happened sometimes in like a split second. But uh, no, she was great. And, and, and so I was raised without any, without taking on any real self-pity, you know? So part of it was, was how I was raised. But somewhere in the back of my mind, I knew. I was like, there's nothing I can do to change my situation. I cannot go back in time. There's no surgery, there's no, nothing is going to give me back what I have lost. So the only choice I have, I have two choices. I can accept it and move on, or I can give up. And I'm too damn stubborn to give up. So I said, okay, we're gonna accept it, and no matter what comes, and I didn't know, Whatever happens from here, we're going to take it and we're going to keep driving forward. Well, in that early point, too, didn't, you still didn't know how long was it till you knew if you're going to be able to save that hand or have function out of it. Oh, when I was so when I woke, so not to get too much into it, but um, I was very I was fortunate and unfortunate at the same time. I was fortunate in the sense that I didn't have any brain issues and I didn't have any internal organ issues. All all of my injuries were external limbs, but 
at the same time, all of those injuries were catastrophic injuries. So every major bone in my body has been broken. So my humerus, the, 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 the bone from your shoulder to your elbow was broken. And I'm talking about fractures, not like complete fractures. Both my femurs were fractured. Uh, my wrist um, and my thumb and the metacarpals in my hand and my pinky were all fractured. So when I woke up, I was, I was literally like four casts, you know, out to the side like this, just completely. I mean, I remember just trying to move around with those casts on was just ridiculous. And because and, so my, my brain was just having the weight and everything, it was just really weird. But yeah, I woke up and I was like, I don't know. I mean, they were literally feeding me wiping my behind, changing my clothes, every single thing. And I, and I didn't know what was going to be the next steps, but, um, yeah, it was, I, I broke and, and crushed and tore and, and pretty much anything that from extremity wise, arm wise and legs wise is it got messed up pretty good. So, man, that's, um, that's impressive. That's why, man, I, I love to have you here and then people to listen to that. And, and for me too, because it's a, it's a real story of, uh, a Superman. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Thank because, you. Because uh, we have a lot more for you to go down one road. Then you decide, no, that's not for me. I want to go this way. Yeah. I, you know what I mean? It was just, it was like accepting defeat in a way, you know, and, and I could not, I could not let myself get to the point in my mind where I was going to be defeated. I couldn't, you so know. So you're, you're, you're a competitive person by I would say, yeah. Because you, know, I, I you, you have, because so. you have, because I, I, let me say, if we get two wheelchairs, if you get another wheelchair <laughs> right now, I'm going to race you around. Like, it's just, it, it's, it's part of who I am, but it, it's not even just that competitive. See, we're all a little bit competitive in, in certain ways, man, but it was just, I wasn't going to give up. That's what I mean. It's just because, I mean, it's one thing to have, I mean, how many times do we tell each other, yeah, you know, you have to believe in yourself and you never give up and you persevere. And then when reality hits you smack in the face and you wake up one morning and you, you're just faced different. with it, you're faced with it. You know, not everybody has that. Well, that was good then, but now it's a different story. You sure. know, it's like, and it's for you to just have that mental fortitude. I was doing some reading on you and, um, I want to put her on a shirt. It was, uh. <laughs> I don't see obstacles. I just see a different way of getting things done. Yeah. I mean, that, what an amazing quote. That's, and, and no wonder you're such a natural at jujitsu because. Oh, I'm not a natural at jujitsu. I, I trained with you last night. And I have to work my, <laughs> what little ass I have left, I have to work off to, to, to get good at jujitsu. So, but, but that's the beauty of it too. And that's what brings us, that's yeah. what the four of us can be in this room together talking about what brought us here to this point is that beauty of jujitsu it's an opportunity to train with individuals and learn and grow um but yeah the, yeah i don't know man so all people come with me all the time they're like joey you're an inspiration and i'm like that's great i'm i'm so glad that i can inspire you but that's not why i do what i do i i live my life the best way i can live it every single day if that inspires you that's fantastic that's something good that has come out of mm -hmm. this injury but i'm not doing it for you man i'm doing it for me and i'm living my life and you know, and, and I'm appreciative, don't get me wrong. I love it, people come up, hey man, your inspiration Look, to help me out, that's great. For but. us to love others, we have to love ourselves first. Yeah. And we know what love is. That's right, yeah, you know? absolutely. Now let me go here to Joe over here, sitting next to us, sir, yes. Because to me, is, I'm trying to understand, because I was never in this position. You guys willing to put your life on the line, not sure what the mission would be, just flying to another country and bullets flying, bombs everywhere. What make you guys and 
you know, for me to understand that and you come back, I mean, for me, this is amazing because Brazil is very different. We, we did not have at least understanding about wars and all those missions that we have out there. And now I'm talking to two guys that being in a real war. As people sometimes fantasize watching movies. Yeah. Movie, nobody gets hurt in the movie, you know? Oh, that guy, no, he didn't die. He's just an actor, he's, he's fine. And you guys being in a battlefield, I wanna promote you, and because it's not sometimes the physical injury that we have is a lot of, most of things is what we have in our mind mm -hmm. to adapt, to adjust ourselves to, I would say, be who we are, who we were before everything. How was that for you, Joe? Can you go through your, your early days also in your life? Because yeah. we all have something in common, man, jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu, we're gonna get there, but hit us in the way that we always wanna learn jiu-jitsu, that make us better person, it's make us make good friends, make us wanna go and train better and get better. And we're gonna get that point, but I wanna hear from you too, Joe, because you've you been in the battlefield and you, you guys developed such a, a beautiful friendship and supporting each other. Yeah, so with me, I, I grew up, I was actually born and raised in Washington State, I guess until I was about 12, and I moved down to Texas, and I've been there ever since, and so I guess what? almost 30 years now, you know, in and out of Texas, between the military, being overseas. Uh, you know, my whole life, pretty much as far back as I can remember, all I wanted to do was be able to go fight bad guys. That was literally all I wanted to do. So, you know, it's, uh, I grew up in the country, did a lot of rodeoing, you know, rope bulls, rope, rope steers, a team roper, and, uh, but when I was 17, Went ahead and got in the military, and and it, uh, I was a short time in the military, and I got out, and in transition, was just lucky enough to know some guys that were uh, in country in Iraq. It, it, this was in, in 03 when the big invasion, so that would have been May, April, so by September 03, I was in Iraq uh, as a civilian contractor for security, and uh, I ended up spending about two and a half years over there, and you know, we, just doing a lot of running and gunning, man. It's it's it all comes down to in the end, we're just there to protect people, right? And that, that was our job, and I ended up losing a lot of very close friends. Uh, two of my mentors, uh, and one very very good friend of mine that was uh, we traveled together. He was from Dallas, also where I'm from, and one of the things that jujitsu helped me. So for for me, uh, I'll just quickly spin into this, but uh, when you live that lifestyle for two and a half years straight. You know, you live a life of really no rules. It's me against him, or essentially it's just stay alive, right? Your, your adrenaline is so high every day. And it doesn't matter if you're a damn cook in Iraq, like you can die any day, any time. You, you don't know, right? So there's so many people in so many different walks of their career or what job they had, it, it doesn't matter. If you're in war, in a war, in, in a place where you can die any second, it gets to you. And, and the one thing that happened that was hard for me is when you work at a high level like that and it gets cut short, and it's, it's, it's over in, in an instant. You know you can't do that anymore, but you, your brain is programmed to live with these kind of almost no rules, you know, kind of everybody does everything. There's no bills to pay. There's no, you do your job, that's it. And most of your job is pretty much stay alive, right? And when that ends, it, 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 was, it was hard on me. And, and so for me, 
that's where jujitsu helped me. And, and that's where the men mental part, you, you, there's a lot of broken people that jujitsu can really help. And it helps me tremendously do, with, with. Do you think also in jujitsu, because I think when we're in places like that, our friend next to us, it's, it's family to us. That's why I have everyone brother. surround you. It's like, man, I would die for him. He'll die for me. That's uh, for sure. It's that brotherhood. And did you, in a way, felt in a jiu-jitsu school something similar to that? When you come in, you feel that brotherhood, like everyone here is so connected. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's one of the things that, that drew me to it. I mean, uh, as a military guy, you always seek out other military guys, which is how I ended up run across Joey and we just became friends right away. And then he's doing this thing and I, it's something that I thought I couldn't do. Uh, I watched him do it and well, I guess I probably need to try this. <laughs> and because uh, my son was also doing, I had him in the classes. And, and, uh, and you know, the, one of the things I had was, I had dealt with for a lot of years and I still do off and on, but it's, it's, it, it, it's, I don't know if you call it an anger or, or it's, it's a, it's a need to feel some, something, uh, uh, the rush, the adrenaline, the, and, and not only do you come in here and, and in jujitsu, you can get that, right? It's, you're going to battle. You're going to, you're going to, you got another guy choking you out. It doesn't matter. You're friends at the end of the day, you slap hands, you go, but in the end you got a brotherhood. I had, I had one student over here. He was a football player. Oh, um, he was like six, six. No, Andre? Yeah. I don't know, 250, nobody. I was a, a monster. And he he's no longer playing. He retired, but he's still, man, in amazing shit. He's coaching now. But he said something that the athlete, in that case, as an athlete, he needs that edge. And he could not find anything until he found jiu-jitsu to keep that edge, to keep his mental wellness okay. Yeah, that's amazing. That was the thing is like that that because we train friendly, but we in a way, man, I wanna train a few and I train nice few, but I wanna get you. Absolutely. Doesn't mean I don't like you. No, that's that's the jiu jitsu. You yeah. know what I mean? That's the idea. We're playing chess with our bodies. Absolutely. And I wanna play and, and do better. But we all wanna win. Exactly. <laughs> and and I think in in a, in an amazing way, that creates a, a, a competition. But in no point is like, I don't like you or not. No, even whoever gets anybody, we laugh about it. You like, never met. You got me today, tomorrow, I'm going to go after you. And Yeah, but competition, competition breeds growth, in my opinion. There's, there's stagnation. If he's better than you and you're better than me and I'm better than him, and we keep going around and going around, and then all of a sudden, the next day, he, you're better than me, and he's better. You know what I mean? It, it, it makes everyone grow and rise to that level, and there's there's nothing wrong with competition. Competition is great. Everyone, in everyone, my opinion, you need competition. should have competition in their lives. Man, if the day you, I, I, I tell my students, so far, so good. So far, nobody tapped me in my own school. <laughs> and I tell those guys, man, don't get me wrong, I train more than you train sure. to all my students. I look at my students, man, you train three days a week? I'm here seven days a week. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pushing that yeah. as far as, as I can. And that's something that sooner or later is gonna happen, which I'm gonna be laughing about it. Of course. Don't, don't think that I'm gonna like it, of but it is what it is. Yeah. But I tell my students, and I train and nice with everyone, but that's, that's the winning mentality. I wanna always. Absolutely. And so I think, and, and plus, I mean, not to switch gears too much, but 
I think the instructor of the schools, their mentality, their personality, their beliefs kind of bleed down through just a little bit. They, but they bleed down through the instructors and through down into the students. And, and, and that's more of that, that family environment. That's more of this, that kind of growing together with each other. Jiu-Jitsu, when my family, when we start understanding what it was, it was everywhere. I was going to Carlos Gracie Sr.'s house to have lunch, sitting on the table, have lunch with him. I mean, I'm leaving Jiu-Jitsu mm. in, in a meal. Then I go visit my other uncle, Uncle Helio Grace, Christmas at his house. Then I'm spending Christmas, the whole 40 kids are like it's everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, but it's our jiu-jitsu conversation and every conversation is a learning process. Right. And you understanding the philosophy, the mentality, the winning mentality, the learn how to deal with fear. Mm. And we grew up and many times the cousins would go into uh, some waterfalls and one of them say, oh, I jump if you jump. Then you go like, man, I don't know, it's pretty high here. Then you go, oh, you're not gonna jump? Are you afraid to jump? No, I'm not afraid to jump. Okay, if you jump, I jump. Man, we spend three, four hours there until someone jumps. Mm. And when one person jumps, the other one's like, shit, yeah. I have to jump now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that was us growing up, and we love each other. Yeah, of course. And uh, Hansel, I'll tell something, and Hansel will remember that. We went to a nightclub, and nightclub was nothing happening there, and two o'clock in the morning, look at each other. I think I'm gonna go back home running. And we're like uh, five miles from the house. But we are boots, <laughs> sweaters, I mean, we're not ready. Then he goes like, oh, if you run, I run. Then we're both, my brothers and cousins driving the car slow on the side, then we're both just running. Because we said, if you run, I run. Then if he runs, I have to run. Yeah. Then here we go on that competitive mentality, which make everyone. But so, and then the bonds that you build. So when you were talking about the family, right? Well, it, it kind of happened in the that military. That translates into the school. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it, That's it, what I want to say. The lineage comes from the house, and mm. my school is my living room. Yes. I spend more time here than my own house. Uh, you see, it, I can tell when you walk in, there's a comfort, not only from you, but also from all of your instructors and students, and everyone's very comfortable. Okay, let's, let's they shake hands, and the greetings are passed, and then it's time to train, which is fantastic. But when you were talking about the, 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 the family environment, there was something that happened in the military that I didn't even realize was going to happen. But when you go through those trials and tribulations yeah. and, you, and, you, and you share them with other people where you bleed and sweat together to come to the other side of something, a bond gets built between those individuals. Mm -hmm. And then what happens from that is over time and more, more and more and more, it grows into a family. Well, when after I got injured and after Joe got injured so quickly, and what a lot of guys and girls struggle with is because instantaneously that family is gone. They're ripped away from their family, but still they have to recover and do what they were taken care of. And then, but even after that, there's still a separation. And then the separation comes and they're lost. What I found through, and I tried everything after I got out into football games and meet this star and go to this place and try over here. It, it took me getting into a jujitsu gym that I found that family again because we're on the mats. We are training. We're sweating. We are building those bonds over time with each other. And they truly are my family. And then you find the family that best suits your personality because it trickles down. And then you're like, this is the place for me. And, and I'm telling you, I can, tell, I can tell you everyone's first name, how many kids they have, pretty much where they live because I've probably been to their house. 
you know, and what their favorite jujitsu moves are. You know what I mean? Like, this is how you got to beat this person. It's like, whether you can do it or not, it's a different story. But, you know, it's, and, and, and they are, their family. You go through that, that, that blood and that sweat. And then putting my, you know, you put your arm around my neck. I'm, and I'm not trying to rip your head off. Hey, remember to raise your shoulders, eh? The arm around the neck. Shrug. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and so, you know, but, but I'm, I'm trusting you, right? I'm trusting that you're going to let go when I tap. And that's huge. It's a big deal. I'm putting my life in your hands and saying, I trust you. And that's that's where the, that, that deep family bond goes. But, but you a, know. That's a missing link for a lot of veterans when they come home. It, 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 they don't find that that's second what family again. That, when you find that family, it's like instantly, man, like you, you feel like a weight's lifted off you. When you leave the gym, you know you still have your demons to deal with. When you're in the gym, you have your family, and then you quickly realize that your family's there. You can call on your family for help. And, and, and getting that helps veterans. I believe it, it's, it's a fundamental thing, and that's why, I mean, Joey and, and you know, We Define and, and myself were huge proponents of getting veterans into jiu-jitsu. I want to point something that Joey said is, you do all those things for you. Mm-hmm. And to your mind now, even though the challenge that you have, you're just doing what you do. You think it's normal. Just to see the amount of level you say today that I'm doing what I'm doing, not to inspire anybody, just to live my life. But just the fact that you're thinking like that, this is something that you already pass in a way of uh, see that as a problem or see that as, oh, I can't do big, no. You're way past that, and that is impressive. That's why you don't notice that, but people from outside, they see you a lot bigger than you think you <laughs> you put yourself into. Oh well, thank you. No, th- this is reality, man. Yeah. And this is something that when I got the message from you guys, like, man, please, what an honor for me to have you guys come in here because you have millions of schools around the world and thousands around our country, and you chose to come in here. I mean, I have to feel blessed with that opportunity to meet you guys and do anything that I can possibly to help you out. I was talking to Jay, and I would really like you to talk, you guys talking about that foundation that you create. Mm-hmm. Um, I will put my school at your hands. Anybody that locally want to train and come here and be a part of that the whole year, whatever you, you want me to do, I will follow that, and uh, my school is an open door for anybody that you recommend that's, to come that's here. That's incredible. Thank that's you. Amazing. Okay? Thank you. Anybody that's veteran, because if we do what we do, it's because of people like you guys. If Absolutely. we have the opportunity to live the life we live, it's because you guys put your life a little bit aside for others. And it's more like an obligation to me. That's the way I feel. To No way I can repay what you guys done. That's impossible. But is there anything that I can do, man? You can count me for whatever. Well, I'm okay? gonna, I'm I'm gonna tell you this, and I'm sure that Joe feels the same way. Um, there are a lot of people out there who do not understand how good they have it here with the freedoms <laughs> that they're given just by being born in this country. They take it for man, granted. I love America. I came from Brazil with no accident. I love the country. I love the country that gives people opportunity. Yes, sir. And no other country in the world, and I travel around the world a lot, None. will give the opportunity that America gives to people. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when I like people come up to me often, they say, thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for what you've done. And what I try to say to them and what I really want them to say and what I'm going to say to you is that 
thank you for being worth it. You know what I mean? Thank you for being the kind of person that recognizes this and is going to stand up and do something about it rather than just sit back and complain about how terrible their life is when really they have every opportunity. They just got to get over their own mental to go and do it for themselves. So thank you for being one of those people and thank you for being one of those people that's worth the sacrifice that we've made. And it's I I have no words to, but I'm here and I I want people to know about that foundation, the organization that you you guys are passing along and spreading that art that to everyone. I want to do the same thing. Every channel, every opportunity that I have, I want people to hear about it because it's I think it's one of the huge things we can do for anyone that comes back from combat. Mm is in a way to give a little bit of their life back. Oh, absolutely. A little bit of joy. And I and I know for a fact, and you guys are proof of that, that jiu-jitsu schools can do that. Right, absolutely. So it, it started off, just as I was telling you, when I started training jiu-jitsu with my coach, Alan Shabaro in Texas, uh, he's ex-military as well, you know? And so we immediately had a bond personally. And then I was actually, it was funny, I was asking him one day, um, because he's special forces, so he's been through a lot of top-level shooting schools. And I was asking him one day if he had any tips for being able to shoot from a wheelchair, being able to have to, how to draw, how to clear, and how to fire from, from being seated in a wheelchair. So we talked over a couple ideas, and then he says, well, have you ever thought about jujitsu?" And I was like, no, man, I, I never thought about jujitsu." He said, well, I'll tell you what, why don't you come in on Tuesday, just you and I, just the two of us will get on the mat. I just want to see you move around. I want to see how mobile you are. I want to see what you can do. And we'll, we'll start there. And I was like, okay, cool. So I came in on that Tuesday, got on the mat. I remember it clear as it was yesterday. And he was like, okay, well, can you move? Can you shift your hips? Can you, how, what's your balance like? Well, how, how hard can you grip? Can you bend your elbows? Like we just started from square one and just broke it all the way down. And then it was like, okay, well, we could, and he's like, I remember, him, I can work with this. I can work with this. this is, so with the first thing he ever taught me was a single arm rear naked choke, how to get the grip and the pressure and to be able to apply the back of the head to get to finish the choke. And we worked on that for a little while and he goes, okay, cool, great, man. You okay, you good to have fun? Yeah, yeah, it was cool, cool. All right, so what are you doing Thursday? Um, nothing, I don't have any plans. I'm like, okay, well, I'll come back on Thursday. We'll work again on Thursday. Great, I'll be there. Show up on the next Thursday, go over some more stuff. Cool. How are you? Wait, next Tuesday, you're good. Clear next Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. I'll see you next Tuesday. And it went like that. Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday. Then it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, <laughs> and went from that to uh, I, I finally reached out to him one day and I said, Hey, um, we've been we've been doing a lot of stuff, but I want to see if this stuff will really work. So can I come to your group class? I want to try in your group class and see how applicable this stuff is that we've been working. He, Absolutely. I want I want you to. I'd love for you to. And this is what I was talking about last night, man, because I was I was afraid. I was scared. So I don't want people to think that I, I wear this cloak and I'm Superman and, and it's invincible. No, I have the same stuff go through my head that everybody else does. I just choose to face it with a different mentality than most people do. You know, I mean, throw me in the fire, you know, put I want as hard, as difficult, whatever it's going to be. That's what I want. But I was apprehensive about going in and training with these people. They didn't know me and I didn't know how I was going to be treated and received. And I went in and everyone was fantastic and shaking hands and very pleasant. And then when the clock started, that was it. They put it on me, man. Like I was getting tapped out every 15, 30 seconds. I mean, tap, you know, all mistake, tap, you know. You you tell me something that I remember as a kid, some people looking because I don't have the fingers, they treat you like, oh, I'm sorry. And 
How is that for you? How 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 you feel like people treat you like? It ups, it upsets me. That's, exa that's exactly how I used to feel. It's like, what do you mean? It's like sorry for what you know. And if I'm sorry, I'll be home not doing anything. Right. You know and. But in the gym, we don't feel sorry for him. <laughs> no, we're having not a job. At all. And that's and that's okay, Bo. But that's so part of that loss and part of going through that this recovery. Is, is, this is real love. Oh, absolutely. You no, know, because we know that we're doing good for each other. Yes, that's that's the real thing. And you are wear off, and you put up with, and okay, you gotta choke me again because I'm gonna keep coming back at you. Damn right. And that's to me, it's respect. Exactly. It, I respect you enough that I'm not going to take it easy on you, bitch, because you may have a different body than mine or mental state than mine or whatever the case may be so yeah man they put it on me hard like just and then at the end he was smiling and you're so great to see you here it's fantastic man keep up the good work and i'm like good work what the, <laughs> the hell and it just made me more i want to say angry but it was the, what you were talking about that competitive fire and spirit right that just burns inside and you just, yes i want more of this i want more of this what can i do to make myself better and that's so that's where, and then the foundation just kind of grew from that. It, it became this idea that we could break, we could bring in these veterans, these these combat disabled veterans, both physical and mental, bring them into a gym local to where they are, and get them into a place where they're training, not only for themselves, where they're they're the competitiveness, the fire, the physical benefit, the mental benefit. You know, we're talking about. You said that one of my most favorite analogies that I use for jujitsu is that you're playing chess while you're wrestling and you just said that earlier you're play it's like you're playing chess while you're being physical and that and i don't know how else to explain it you have to live in that moment right then you can't carry all your baggage with you who yeah. gives a crap if i got one if, arm if you're not thinking about your neck by damn you're gonna get yeah choked. they're happy they're right they're happy oh you know, he's only got one arm i gotta worry about man i'm gonna choke the crap out of this kid but 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 like i said it comes back to respect and 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 once i saw and then so within the diversity of a school, you have teachers, lawyers, policemen, actors, actresses, what you, all walks everything, of life. Everything. And yeah. they're in here. You in, tell me a profession I have here. Oh, ever. All of them. Anything. All of them. And that's and it's everywhere. So one of the big things, they call it the military civilian divide. One of the big things is that the military people were coming back, transitioning out of the military, and their argument was that the civilians didn't understand. You don't understand what I've been through. You don't understand what I've seen. Rightfully so, but they were using that as a barricade and there was no back and forth. So they weren't integrating back into society properly. Now, when they hung out with other military people, it was great. You're always happy. Always You're with happy. your people, you know. But you weren't with someone that you had built that bond with. We were talking about earlier. You haven't built that bond. And jujitsu did that. So now you're in there and you're doing what's good for you and your body physically and mentally, but you're also putting yourself out there and meeting people and going through these trials and tribulations with these other people that are regular people. And now you're going to your friend's house and you're hanging out and you're having beers and you're talking about, the, you're watching the UFC fight, even though he's an elementary school teacher or whatever it may be, or you're talking about jujitsu at every single meal you go to or whatever. You, go. you can't, you can always pick the jujitsu people out because they're always talking about <laughs> yeah. jujitsu. I never in 50 years on the mat, I never met anyone that start training jujitsu and not become a better person. Oh, yes. Happier, healthier, making friends. I think jujitsu balances in a way that we're not becoming Superman, we just become normal. Mm. As we go through the, the life ups and down that we are not in a normal stage, jujitsu just level you up. Yeah. 
and you notice that everybody around you in jiu-jitsu are on the same level of you are. That's why in a way we understand each other. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a jiu-jitsu language. I understand everything that you're saying with the coming back, all the struggles. And jiu-jitsu does that every day. Yeah. One day I've been choked, next day I'm choking somebody. Yeah. One day somebody I'm army, and, you know, it's you being up and, and down, and that's what happened in our lives. Yeah. We go to days that are better than others, but we kind of balance yourself that, okay, we can, it's another day, but I'm fine, I'm gonna go by. Yeah, and if you can come in the gym and you can do the things that you do in the gym and learn, then the other things in your life seem to be smaller and not as big of a deal, you know? And so the foundation, what we saw was, this is this is a good template. We can take this and we can help other veterans out. So if we, we so it's, there's a twofold part to what the foundation does. There's the schools and then there's the veterans, students. So with the schools, what we do is we have the schools apply through our application process, real simple, you go online, it's wedefyfoundation.org and there's an application for schools, application for veterans. So the schools apply and they go through a vetting process. And part of that process is we wanna make sure that they're a good, outstanding person in their community, yes, that yes. they're gonna do well. Yes. We actually check the lineage of their black belts yes. because we wanna make sure- It's it, real. <laughs> it, a, that it's real, but B, that so if someone like myself or with another physical disability shows up into a school to train with a black belt, that if they don't have answers, they can have someone to reach out to to have yes. those answers yes. rather than just, well, man, I don't know. I can't help you or make some stuff up that's not good. Hey, I don't know, but my instructor is someone I can reach out to. And having that lineage has always been very important, not only within the sport, but also with what we're trying to do. And I think it is important to carry it on and recognize it. And it is a benefit. Um, so the schools apply. Once the schools get approved, uh, they're sent a banner and a certificate that they put in, they place in their school, and then they go onto a national list that we have. Um, and then so that's that side. And then the other side is the veteran will apply, and if the veteran meets all the qualifications for the application, they get awarded a one-year scholarship. It's a, it's it's one year long, but it's six months in six months. So and, be, and I like this because it holds the veteran accountable. We're gonna give you six, we're not gonna pay for a year automatically. We're gonna pay for six months. But if you don't show up and train at least twice a week for that six months, you lose your scholarship and it goes to someone else. So it puts more onus yeah, on the veteran to show up. People that re really want to, to change their life. Yes, absolutely. Well, so, so the veteran applies and then we match them with the school in their area that was already been approved. So we know everything's good to go. And then once they meet and everything's good, every, they check out and the student says, yeah, I want to train here. Then we send the, 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 the school, the tuition check. I would check say one thing to you. My school, I don't want to see any money. Okay. Whatever people come here, you donate that to somebody else that needs in other areas, not my school. Well, thank you right very much. Is, it's amazing. It's something that I need more people like you here. Oh, you understand? Thank you. Like both of you guys, which I'll be so inspirational for a lot of people here to understand and see life with a different prospect yes sir you know one thing I mean? yeah one thing i feel like is it, where we defy is different is is where alan and joey and, and you know all this we the mindset of veterans don't need free stuff thrown to them. that's not going to make them happy it's not going to fix anything buying me stuff or taking me to football that's not going to fix anything maybe i get to hang out with some other guys it's a it's a little break from it, the from it's the a story. commitment if if but it doesn't it doesn't do people anything. can come and train at my place but if they don't show up i'll tell you look they're not showing up you yeah. know what i mean that's Absolutely. where jujitsu they got to go in they have to commit but in the end they can quickly realize that 
they're helping themselves. They don't even know it. Oh, yeah. By just showing up and doing jujitsu, things will start to click and things will start to get better. And, and it, it's just, it goes into just free stuff doesn't help anybody with anything. Yeah. It's an opportunity they have yeah. to make a change in their lives, you know? And that's the way I see it's not, you're not giving anything a uh, free, free meal. No, you're giving them a chance to change their life and they will change their life. Absolutely. And I have no doubt that as soon as they start showing up at this school, it's like, well, I want to come back here every day, not twice a week. And I think Jiu-Jitsu has that, that power to change people. I agree. I, I, I know. I know because it's done it for me. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, this is incredible. And um, again, you, you can count us here for anything that you need. We're going to be on board 100%. Great. So I'm going to be back. I'm going to move to L.A. Yeah. And I'm going to come train every day. We'll be waiting. It's, we'll be waiting. It's too late now. You're part of this already. <laughs> <laughs> You're ready in, sir. I'm in. I'm in. You got me. I'm in. Tell me, tell me this. What made you start competing in jiu-jitsu? Uh, my instructor, um, his philosophy, um, and the way it was presented to me, it made perfect sense to me. He approaches jujitsu from a, a, a perspective of self-defense. Um, we're, we're not allowed to pull guard in the school that I train at. He teaches a lot of stand-up. He has a judo black belt. So get on top, stay on top, dominant position. You always want to be in a position of control. Um, and so part of that was that the competition aspect was a chance for me to go and test my skills even further. Right? There's nothing like being in a, in a, on a mat, in a ring with someone for five, six, seven, ten minutes, whatever long, and that person is trying to put you to sleep or, or render you incapable of continuing to fight. And that you have to go and either do the same thing to that person and or defend against what they're doing. It's the ultimate test. Jiu-Jitsu is the only martial art, the only martial art where you can go 100%. Everything else... You have to pull, unless you're fighting, right? Fighting, fighting. You have to pull your punches. And in training, and then to me, that's unrealistic. It's not, I don't have a full sense of self-defense if every time I'm punching or kicking, I'm pulling my punches because what happens through the military, they teach us that you train as you're going to fight. So everything we do, every time you squeeze the trigger, it's we're firing around down range. It's real. We got to live it. So it's the same way with training. Every time I throw an arm bar, or put someone in a choke, it's to finish that choke, it's to finish that person. And I know without a, without a doubt that I could translation, I could transition that straight to the street. And if I had someone in that position, it, it's gonna work. Whereas with other martial arts, you don't get that. And so competition was the next level. First it was, okay, let's see what you can do. Then it was, okay, let's see if what you can do can work against other people. Then it was, let's see if what you can do can work in the situation where someone's trying to win. Someone's trying to take Especially you out. Especially someone that you don't train with every day. At all, yeah. You have no idea what they what they know, what they can do. Exactly, and so that's, that was that's a real deal. And that's yeah. and so that's that's the I, I haven't competed. In, I got promoted to purple belt two years ago. Um, I competed right after I got promoted to purple belt. There were a lot of things that were going on personally in my life, and then of course the COVID stuff hit. But I, I, I stepped back and I said, I, I mean, I want five hundred rounds. I want 500 rounds under my belt as a purple belt before I go out and compete again. And I'm getting pretty close to that 500 rounds again. So when I reach that, then it's going to be, I'm going to set my next goal for being able to compete. And then I'm going to go out and compete again. I've already competed a dozen times. So fantastic. go out and compete again. Yeah, fantastic. Yep. Do you have case studies or I shouldn't say case study. It's not really the right word. Um, you get a lot of feedback from the veterans that receive these scholarships. You get a lot of, 
you know, te- like not a testimonial, but I'm sure stories of how it's helped them. Oh yeah. All the time, all the time. I had to, uh, I actually had to, well, I had to step back from my position. I, I, was, I helped found the, the We Defy Foundation. I was one of the founders and I ran it for a very long time and I was the president for quite a few years. Uh, I mean, it got to a point where um, the work it had grown to a point where it was just too much for one person. And so we were bringing other people on to help out. And one of them was is, is a wonderful, wonderful woman, Keely um, Kincannon. She works in our, our office out in Texas, um, but she's the one that, that takes in all the veterans applications. And I, I had to I had to I had to give it to someone else because oh. the stories, man, because we, we, we got to a point where we're like, hey, we want you to explain why you think jujitsu would help you what makes you this is the beginning of the application process and then the emails that were coming in after that of man i i i gonna tell you a personal story too i uh i went out to go do a seminar a buddy of mine said hey we're doing a seminar for raising money for we defy foundation joy would you come out and speak yeah absolutely i'd love to so we flew out to knoxville or nashville tennessee or one of the i think it was knoxville and uh what's the base out there in tennessee um i don't remember Anyway, there's a big military post out there in Tennessee. So leaving my head right now. And uh, then there's a lot of jujitsu around that area. So he was putting on uh, um, a clinic or a seminar for the foundation. So I went out there, showed up, and uh, these two guys come walking up to me on the mat. They go, hey, my name's so-and-so. This is my buddy, so-and-so. He's never done jujitsu before, but I drug him out here. Um, he's a veteran, combat veteran. We shared we talked, told, shared some stories. And... Um, and he goes, uh, you know, he's, he's struggling, so I wanted to get him out. And so I just drug him out of the house today. She's kind of played it off as not that big of a deal. Drug him out of the house today, and we're here to try out some jujitsu. And I said, look, man, I said, like, I'm the president of the foundation. You know, I said, here's my card. Here's my number. It's like, you want, if you want to train, you want to train jujitsu, I'll make it happen. Whatever you need, don't don't worry about it. Here's my information. You just tell the person that you're applying through that, you, that I gave you the okay and that we're good to go. So... Later on that afternoon, the guy, the the, not the person that he brought, but the person that brought him came yes. up to me and he said, uh, I just want to let you know that like yesterday he had a gun in his mouth and I had to literally pull it away from him from, from being able to kill himself. And after talking with you, and I just brought him out just to get him out of the house. You know, I thought this would be good for him because after meeting and talking to you that he's going to be doing this and I can see the spark. I can see that this is, this is, he's it's starting where he's going to be starting changing his life and moving away from the depression and moving in the right direction. And I get emails all the time of people who say, Hey man, you don't know how close I was to the edge. Thank you so much for everything that you do. Jiu-Jitsu saved my life. Um, I get those all the time, all the time. And it, they were so, it was so overwhelming. I had to eventually give it to someone else no, to say here, I my, can't do this. And, my uncle now, I'm sure he's up there. He's, he's extremely happy to see that the art that he creates, the that he had behind the art is being translating through so many people and yourself and the people that you're helping now are exactly the translation of the jiu-jitsu that he had in mind probably yeah I, I got, you know it's amazing to see i wish he was here alive to see that all that he had to go through the fights the challenge to prove the point of deficiency the difference of jiu-jitsu among all the other martial arts it's been proven again in very different areas where people did not realize what jiu-jitsu was made for. Yeah, absolutely. It's incredible, Absolutely. it's incredible. 
No, that's uh, one question that I always ask everyone, and I'm sure it's an easy question to ask, and uh, I'm going to ask each one of you. Let me start with this gentleman over here. Who is Joe? Who is Joe? That's, uh, hell, I think that's a question I ask myself probably on a weekly basis at least. Uh, Joe's a guy that took a lot of years to figure out what's important in his life. And uh, I'm a guy who loves my family. I love my friends who are my family. And uh, I try each day to try to love everything I do. And I figured out that the things in life, if you don't love doing it, don't do it. Figure out what you want to do. Figure out being rich, chasing money, that all those things, they're, they're, they're nothing. Love and happiness are what's important. So for me, I want to help people. And I just want to uh, continue to just every day try to continue loving life and, and, and enjoy my life. That's the most important thing I can do. And through that, hopefully, I get to bring people with me and, and have them with me and, and next to me because the, the, the best thing in my life that I have are my brothers and, and my wife and my son, for sure. So Please uh, continue to do so because... Um you're affecting a lot of people yeah. that you might not even have an idea. Please. If I can help one so. person, I'm happy. You, you're helping a lot more than one. That's for sure. Thank you very Absolutely. much. Thank, Thank you. you. Sir, <laughs> now that's question. Who is Joey? Um, I, I, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm the guy that when I lay my head on the pillow every single night, I ask myself, did I do the best job I could do today? And, uh, you know, some days it's great and I, and I crushed life and it was fantastic. And some days just getting out of bed and just going, taking my dogs for a walk and going to the mailbox is the best I can do that day. Um, but at the end of the day, when I lay my head on my pillow, I sleep well every single night because I know that no matter what happened that day, I gave the best I had that day. And if you can't and you're not doing that, change it and do it. But for me personally, that's how I live my life. Sir, please, again, that's, um, you're doing a lot more than you think you're doing, for sure. To me, it's a, it's a special moment because um, I don't think I ever had any guests here with such an impact in my life and evidently millions of other people's life that they don't even realize. It was an honor of me to have both of you guys over here looking forward for many more podcasts, looking forward for many more mad time training, and please continue to do what you're doing because uh, it's incredible. It's yes, incredible. Very inspiring. Thank you. Thank it, you both. It's my honor. Th thank you very much. Cool. It's, it's an honor, honor to meet you guys. All ours. Thank you. I got to thank also Hanzo that made this, end up making the connection and uh, through Jiu Jitsu that make what we, people think is a lot of things in life is impossible. And uh, more and more every day Jiu Jitsu shows me nothing. I tell you what, you get Henzo, you get Henzo down here, I'll come back. <laughs> Me, you, and Henzo. No, he knows that the time he lands in LAX here, I'm going to pick him up. He's got to come here. You call me. I'll, I'll come down. The three of us will do it. <laughs> That'll be awesome. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, gentlemen. Thank you. Both Thank of you. you. Thank you. This episode of No Gear Required was produced by JJ Grappling Incorporated, engineered by Mike Zavalos, and sponsored by The Art of Marcel Santos Fine Art Gallery. JJM 3.0 Advanced Online Training. Lutigear, Authority Auto, 
and Body LX360.